Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Okay, you had a good a good run of UFOlogy there in all of your news articles. Yeah, I think that's all the UFO stories I've got right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got I've got one story that I want to discuss in detail, and then I have one headline that I'm just gonna just straight read. Here's the headline: Great. A broken toilet on SpaceX capsule means astronauts will return to Earth in diapers. Oh yeah. There you I go. We're gonna let that. you sit with that one. That's really stinky. <laughs> Just so stinky. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. I truly cannot imagine. And who's and the actor supposedly going up into space? Oh, I don't know. William, well, William now, these Shatner's people are already going. in space. These people, William Shatner already went. He's done. He went. Um, but these people are at the International Space Station right now. They're going to return on Monday, so long as the weather is okay. But they're going to be in the capsule for 20 hours. So for 20 hours without oh, wow. use of a restroom. Count me Diaper out. time. Diaper time. I'm out. I'm out. Like, there's nothing that I can think of that is a bigger contrast than being an astronaut. It's like glorified, right? Like, you are at the peak of success in life. And then you're in a diaper. Oh, I know. Listen, George Winters says, I can't believe they thought to take diapers with them. Clearly, they anticipated some potty trouble. And I remembered who else is going. Yeah, well, Mike, something has happened Michael before. Strahan is going. Really? Yes. But I still say, very debatable, whether it should be defined as space or not. Because I right. would argue... If Michael Strahan goes into actual space, Michael Strahan ain't coming back. That's what I say. <laughs> so, whose who's craft is he going on? I'm not really sure. Maybe a NASA craft. I'm not really sure. Oh. Okay. I see that. Michael Strahan, what doesn't he do? He does everything. That man. Yeah, maybe he might pilot them he, back, but I still say... He does it all with a smile. They're going to very extremely far out there, Earth orbit. That is well, most of them are position, right? And so, is it fair to call that space the final frontier? Is that really the final (laughs) frontier? All you I know. know is it's a whole lot more than I will probably ever do in my lifetime. Do we really think Klingons are going to knock on the door and say hello, you know, in our, you know, atmosphere out there? I mean, come on. Yeah. Probably not. At, at least give not me a 2001 a Space Odyssey moment. <laughs> you know, like, give me Michael Strahan going 
to hop around the hull of the ship to repair a broken satellite uh, as they are bridging their way to the surface of Mars to investigate the mysterious, <laughs> mysterious monolith that has popped up, okay? I'm not sure that you're going to get that in his 20-minute ride around the Earth, but we'll keep yeah. driving. Yeah. Maybe he'll get a chance to go back. Michael um, Strahan's well, experience Michael in Strahan. diapers is just not like that's <laughs> sorry. This is not space. It's an extra large diaper. An extra large diaper for Michael Strahan. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine? Moving just, along here. Just, moving along. Okay, so this is my last story. Oh, okay. And this one's like really important to me. <laughs> oh. I get, so, I'll get, hold on, let me get solemn. Here. Yes, let's get serious. Let's get serious. So, many years ago, my father-in-law gave me a Christmas gift, and it was an Ancestry DNA kit. And I said, oh, heck no. <laughs> I just thought mm -hmm. there's no way, no way. I am not going to spit into this tube and send it off to who knows what where so that it can be analyzed by who knows who so that they can then clone me and make some sort of human on the island who they're going to kill and take their organs to give to whoever needs it. No, mm -mm, not happening. Okay. People thought I was crazy. People thought I was insane, that I was just a conspiracy theorist out of my mind. Come on, don't you want to find out what you're... Don't you want to find out what your, you know, heritage is, what your roots are, if you're related to anybody that was like super cool or like maybe a mass murderer or something? No, I didn't want to know that. I didn't want to know that. Not for, not for the risk. Here we are, 2021. And the company, 23andMe, had y'all spit into test tubes and send your DNA off. Yep, turns out. Those tests, all part of a bigger plan. So the CEO of that company is now using all of your DNA to create drugs using the insights from, insights from all of your DNA samples. Doesn't think that should bother anybody. Her exact words. I don't think that should bother anyone that I've used all of their DNA to now start creating pharmaceuticals. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah, not sure if people are going to love 23andMe. I think that there were, what, almost 9 million people, 9 million 23andMe customers who all absentmindedly checked the box saying, sure, use my data for whatever. The old bait and switch. Now their DNA's out there laying the groundwork for curing cancer. How awful. They tried so hard to figure out if they could. They'd never stop to think if they should. <laughs> That's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening right now. Wow. That, yeah. that is phenomenal. And you know what? It's so disturbing, too, because it ties directly into one of my most disturbing updates of the month. Wait, hold on. I want to talk about this more. Okay. It directly ties yeah. in. Okay. So, what... so but start thinking about all of the things that they could do with this, right? They're analyzing people's genes to see, like, what genes are the most fit and then using different 
genes to create these therapies they're going to start creating humans using like the perfect genes yes human life is going to be like a creation or so different than what we know now you know there's still people still believe russia experimented with ape human hybrids at some point yeah i mean we don't know what's going out there and right I'll tell you two things that your DNA they tried to get from you could have been used for, CJ. Tell me. So, on Coast to Coast AM this week, Elena Freeland, writer and teacher, went on to talk about geoengineering and transhumanism. Uh, You're going to have to spell that one out for me. (laughs) Geoengineering <laughs> and transhumanism. So she believes technology is being used to dominate the population exactly, well, sort of exactly what you're talking about. She suggested on Coast to Coast AM that chemtrail emissions contain a kind of nanotechnology and that we are undergoing an epigenetic assault through the environment on humanity. Part of the strategy behind this, she said, is to prepare us for transhumanism so that we can be converted genetically and cybernetically into another species. (sighs) There were a lot of big words there. She called and said that. She like rattled that off. Yes, and they need your DNA. And matter of fact, some people have called these these new humans, human 2.0. She believes that we're going to be merged with an artificial intelligence computer system. A transhuman body could be restructured to travel in space. So back to Michael Strahan, going up into space, right? And that the Mm -hmm. internet will be taking place inside of us and we will be inside the internet. The metaverse. The matrix. You've heard about this whole Facebook. You've heard about this whole oh, Facebook the thing, right? The metaverse. No. What a, what's up with them? I know they call themselves oh, meta, right? Oh. Is that what they call themselves? Meta? Yeah. Yeah. Did they, did they, they yeah, have to purchase that meta. from Meta World Peace, I wonder? <laughs> Do you remember Meta World Peace? I hope so, yes. And I hope he got a big payout for that. Surely he did. (laughs) Um, So what's up with the Metaverse? Oh, so you're eventually you're going to have some sort of, um, what are they called, like character of yourself. Tell me me what that's called. Oh, an emoji? An emoji, a memoji. An avatar. Avatar, thank you. You'll have an avatar of yourself that interacts with other avatars on Facebook and that will make your like facial expressions and it will do what you're doing so that other people can understand who you like. Heaven forbid that we get together in person and we just talk, right? We have to sit at a computer and a computer screen has to watch our faces and then create an avatar to connect with somebody else. Yeah. I'd like to welcome our next guest on the show, the Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man. The Lawnmower Man. Sorry, obscure. 
obscure. <laughs> totally movie. obscure. I have no idea. No idea what you're talking about. So I believe Lawnmower Man starred Jeff Bridges, or was it Jeff Goldblum? Maybe both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the best Jeffs together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of them was, no, and you know who else was in it? Pierce Brosnan. So Pierce Brosnan mm. was the smart scientist dude on in your neighborhood, right? And the guy that did his lawn was not that bright. I think that was Jeff Bridges. Pierce Brosnan worked in artificial intelligence. And he started inviting, this is a little creepy, lawnmower man over, you know, to come in the basement and do some artificial intelligence experiments. He noticed that they were making him smarter. And lawnmower man just kept doing it and doing it. He was becoming exponentially smart until the point where he literally became a an artificial intelligence supervillain that almost what? took over the world. That's right. <laughs> what was the name of this movie? Lawnmower Man. Oh my gosh. So he went from simple lawnmower man to all-powerful, omniscient, artificial intelligence supervillain. Good be for careful. you, Jeff Bridges, or be, Jeff Goldblum, whichever Jeff you are. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, no truer words have ever been spoken. Be careful what you wish for is right, because everything that's happening right now, it's like taking our DNA, they're taking our facial expressions, and they're combining it all into their master plan, and we're just puppets. We're just their oh, pawns. Yeah. Well, it didn't just start now, CJ, so... I don't know who they are, but they're out there, I'm sure of it. They're out there. So, you know, we were talking <laughs> about, again, people going into space. Did you know, 1961, November 29th, that was yesterday, November 29th, 1961, Enos the Chimp was launched aboard the Mercury oh. Atlas V and orbited the Earth twice. Wow. He now rules an entire... Area of the Amazon rainforest as a intelligent. He's got to have super quite leader, posse, huh? Super, super ape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he came back. He's now like what, the fantastic eighty four. years old. He, could, <laughs> he was super strong. He could had stretch powers. <laughs> That's awesome. He reversed his aging. But it does make you wonder, though. So in 1961, we could manage, apparently, to get a chimp up into what we would call space, right? Although would it orbited, we call it space? Well, that's the thing. The, it orbited it? the Earth twice. Is that space? I would say no. No. No, I'm sorry. And today, we're still trying to... In 2021, we're apparently still trying to get humans up there to orbit the Earth. Right. They're now celebrating. Right. You're so right. They're now celebrating that these rockets are orbiting the Earth. Like, that's what they're doing. They're not going much further than that. But how is it we sent a chimp up there to orbit twice in 1961? And now 2021, that's basically still all we can do. 
How how yeah. is it? Something is fishy. Very fishy. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unexplained, if you ask me. Well, I do have everybody's favorite a little cryptozoology news, CJ. I thought you only had three stories, and I hear we were like 18 stories in. No, I had three UFO stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shifted gears. It's I never said how many total I had. <laughs> but we got to hit up a little cryptozoology news. This would of not course. be an unexplained update without cryptozoology news. So time to talk about some puzzling dinosaur tracks and i love this story experts have been puzzled by some ancient tracks left behind by sauropods these are the giant dinosaurs we know and love like brontosaurus and brachiosaurus Mm -hmm. diplodocus these creatures required four massive tree trunk size legs to support their enormous bodies but get this researchers have uncovered fossilized prints that seem to show these sauropods walking on only two legs. Ooh. Now there are two theories. One, the prints were made in deep water and only two of a sauropod's four legs touched the bottom sediment. Or two, okay, the so firmness- they were maybe like swimming. Right, like swimming and maybe they're okay. bronto dog paddling. Left <laughs> or two, the firmness of the ground allowed only the creature's heavier front legs to leave impressions, but it remains a paleontological paleontological mystery. Ooh, I like that. Paleontological. I like mystery. that word. Mystery. I like that part. Mystery. <laughs> so they think that the front legs were heavier than the back legs. They do, but... I kind of. It's interesting. Yeah, I kind of picture a. Can't giraffes like raise up on a tree and reach up really high into it on their back legs? I I mean, here's hoping that would be fun to see, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I can't say for sure. I don't know that I've ever seen a giraffe do that. Um, Or is it elephants? But that wouldn't make. I think I've seen an elephant kind of... Is that what they do in the circus? Yes, they do that in the circus. Okay. Um, but prints, to have lot, to have enough prints to know that it was this type of animal, that's not just like standing there reaching up in a tree because they'd have to come down at some point. Like the other prints would have to land at some point. Right. And... Hmm. You know, it, it might seem illogical that a Diplodocus would be in the water swimming around, but then again, Hippopotama, is it Hippopotama? Right, yeah. They, it is, yeah. That's their favorite spots in the water. Um, yeah, so I think the only logical explanation is UFOs. Again, it comes back to that. <laughs> <laughs> or... Or, or I'm sure there's something else. <laughs> there was a Jurassic Circus. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> talented. Maybe these are some talented dinosaurs. <laughs> so you'll appreciate this story, CJ. Headline: The Philippines crocodile thought to be plastic prop attacks man 
oh, taking selfie with it. So a man in the Philippines was nearly killed <laughs> when he posed for a selfie alongside what he thought was a crocodile statue. Turns out, yeah, it was real. Not a statue. It attacked him. Sorry. Oh. Lister George Winters, who oh. actually minored in paleontology, says <laughs> the neck was so big and made the front legs heavier. I should have known George would have the answer. There's some serious dinosaur love in that household. Oh, there yes, really is. George. I forgot about that. So George's son has the most massive dinosaur collection. It's really impressive. Yeah. And my daughter... She associates his son, you know, with two things. Their Jeep and his dinosaurs. Yes. You know, George, you really need to get your son out to the Science Museum in Phoenix, Arizona. They have a full T-Rex skeleton on display. It's phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's so cool. You got to go see that. I think it was found in South Dakota. Speaking of South Dakota, what was your news story in Idaho, CJ? In Idaho was the yeah, book, a, the library book. Oh, the book. I think yeah. we should put friend of the show, Bigfoot author, Becky Cook on that. <laughs> She's on the case. <laughs> She's on the case of the mysterious library book returned 110 years late. I think she can stomp out the truth. Yeah. Once again. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what, CJ? One of the greatest unsolved mysteries of all time turns 50. Oh, you're not quite that old. So, it's got to be something else. <laughs> you're right. I am not quite that old, so it's not me. But 50 years ago, a mysterious individual who later came to be known as D.B. Cooper became a part of American folklore by way of a brazen skyjacking that remains unsolved to this day. Skyjacking? Is that what you just called it? Skyjacking, right. You know, you're familiar with D.B. Cooper, right? Uh, sounds familiar. It sounds like one of the initial stories we talked about, but I don't remember now. Well, as the story says, remarkably, time has been kind to D.B. Cooper, as he is now often viewed as something of a folk hero, kind of akin to a, a modern-day Robin Hood or legendary outlaws, you know, that once roamed the Wild West, at, as opposed to most skyjackers nowadays, you know, hijacking an airplane are not looked upon to, oh, to favorably. Yes. Okay. But just to refresh your memory... On November 24th, 1971, a largely nondescript man wearing dark sunglasses and wielding mm -hmm. a briefcase boarded a routine flight from Seattle to Portland. Once in the air, he slipped a flight attendant a note stating that he had a bomb. And after showing her what appeared to be the explosive device, informed her that he wanted 200000 in cash as well as four parachutes. What followed next was a daring caper that has continued to baffle researchers for decades. So the hijacked flight actually did land 
They, the other passengers seemed unaware of the drama. They were evacuated. The money was brought on. The plane took off again, and he parachuted out somewhere, never, never to be seen again. We did talk about that recently. Yeah, yes, with the money. And he was actually on Expedition Unknown recently. He went out to investigate somewhere out that direction in the Pacific Northwest, I believe. And they Wait, they feel like Cooper did? What's that? This Cooper guy did? No, uh Expedition Unknown, Josh Gates with Expedition Unknown. The Oh, oh I was like, show, Wait, so. we know that he did it, but it's just like on television shows now? <laughs> no, no, no. So they're still investigating, and they they actually okay. seem to have found some of the money washed up in a lake oh. there, yeah, or a river, something like that. So, but pretty interesting case. Yeah. Did you see where all of that money was on the the freeway in California? No. What happened? So somebody, you know, tr one of those trucks that transports money um something happened on the five freeway in san diego and it, the door flew open and all of this money flew out over the freeway and so of course all of these people stopped and were picking up all of the money to take it for themselves but the idiots that they are were taking selfies of themselves and posting it onto social media <laughs> and so <laughs> two people were arrested and then everybody else has been told like we have pictures of your vehicles you have you have to give the money back or we're coming after you Oh my! But it shut down the freeway for like an hour and a half because people were just gathering all of these twenties and ones that had flown all over the five freeway in California. Don't they know? Don't they know they'll be heavily taxed for that income? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to the gift uh, tax. Yes. The yeah, found it on the side it. of the Give road tax. <laughs> California wants a little piece of that pie too. Trust I me. just like my like, in my heart of hearts. I don't think that I could ever be the person that's like fighting over money on the freeway that's not mine. I feel like I'd be scrounging to pick it up and like give it back to its owner. Like I got your money for you. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Sorry, you're having such a bad day. Yeah, I'm gonna be a flag. Rain, making it rain, taking yeah. pictures and posting it to Instagram, and the police are like, you're so stupid. Yeah, meanwhile, my son, for some <laughs> reason, is like Scrooge McDuck with every penny he finds, you know, anywhere. It's like, but boom he's picking that thing up, and he's he's not letting go. Pennies, <laughs> dimes, nickels, pesos, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's exciting to kids. Storing it up. So, CJ, I have one last thing for you tonight and this was another on this day many years ago so this actually was on november 24 so one more thanksgiving reference to go for the unexplained update writer daniel defoe said no pen could describe it nor tongue express it nor thought conceive it unless by one in the extremity of it and that's how he described the Great Storm of 1703. The greatest windstorm oh. ever recorded in the south of England with winds up to 120 miles per hour that wreaked havoc for several days in late November. I hate wind. Oh, that's my worst nightmare. 
Yeah, but you know what? Uh, I might hate when, but I'm intrigued by England in that time period. I'm trying to remember when did when was. I don't know, but that kind of feels a little bit like I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. Yeah, right. <laughs> when was Dickens alive? Oh, Dickens. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love Charles Dickens. I love that that time period no, of England. So Charles Dickens. A lot. Oh wow! He wasn't born till 1812 and died 1870. So this was a hundred years before Charles Dickens. Hmm. Well, it sounds like whoever was speaking of this storm was quite the writer themselves. Daniel Defoe, I feel like I've heard of him, but then again, I think that I could be confusing him with William Defoe, famous or LeFou from Beauty and the Beast. Um, hmm? Oh yeah. So have you ever seen the movie <laughs> The Greatest Storm? It has Russell Crowe, I think, uh, yeah, and he's no, like on a no, British no. ship. Is it Russell Crowe? No. I think it's Not Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. It's Kevin Costner. No, it's no. Russell Crowe. Pretty sure. The Greatest Storm. Look it up. And I, I think that maybe it was this storm. I know they were on a British ship. The so, Perfect Storm. The, the perfect, perfect Storm. Is that the one? That's it. Perfect Storm. There's <laughs> <laughs> neither of the people that were talking about no way this is mark Wahlberg, george clooney that's not the one we're thinking of no we're that was like these one. people on a fishing boat like in this like a few decades back but i feel like this was russell crowe british ship surely it was this great storm of 1703 <laughs> we'll have to verify some, maybe some of somebody's gonna have say. to know what movie we're talking about Somebody comment what movie we're talking about. I know what you're thinking about with Kevin Costner. You're thinking about that really horrible movie he did that almost ruined his entire career where they're just stuck in water the whole time. Waterworld? Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. One of, the, one of the most panned and most hated movies in the history of cinema. No, that's not the Waterworld. one I'm thinking about. The Perfect Storm was George That was Clooney. filmed where I grew up. That's right, but we don't think we're talking about the perfect storm because I think that was just about some dudes on a fishing boat, like a fishing charter from America. But there was a movie, I feel like, with Russell Crowe in a big storm on a boat, a British boat, maybe in the 1700s. I don't know. You know me in movies. My knowledge of them is pretty pathetic. Yeah, you're not not getting along but I do think with that those movies. Waterworld was filmed where I grew up. But I could be wrong about that too. Really? In Palmdale? Mm, there was some movie, I'm wrong, but by, by the way, there was some movie that was filmed in like a huge warehouse out in Palmdale and they just like filled the warehouse with water and filmed it out there. I'll look it up. I'll have that information for the next show. As of right now, it will remain unexplained. So maybe Russell Crowe was in the perfect storm. 
we're all messed up. It's time for us to call it. We clearly have no yeah. nothing else at this point. We gotta figure that out. Thanks for trying to help. We've got a lot of things to figure out, hmm? Yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> we do. But that's been the unexplained update for November <laughs> 2021. Yes. The takeaway here, I think, is don't count on the government figuring out what took you and your family thinks you're in the woods. Okay, don't count on it. Don't count on it, and don't count on CJ to know any movie references about anything ever. Longtime heckler Trent Leonard chimed in. Oh, right at the end. Perfect Truer words. As per his usual. There he is. Yeah. We may not know he's here, but he's watching us. I like how he did not contribute to the trivia in any way whatsoever. Right. That's ooh, deja vu there. <laughs> no trivia contribution. <laughs> Except for oh. telling somebody to write neater. Like, I can't read that writing. I don't know the answer, but I can't read your writing. But isn't that what you're supposed to do when you don't know the answer in trivia is just make your handwriting so nondescript that nobody knows what you wrote so that you can always say, that's exactly what I wrote. Why didn't I get the point? It's worked a few times. I think Trent yeah. probably missed the segment on geoengineering and transhumanism, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. That whole statement actually explains who Trent is. So listener George Winters actually did help. Crow was on his Russell Crow was on a ship in that time period for Master and the Commander, but it was not about a storm. I feel like we've got I our wires crossed. A little credit for that. <laughs> you do, yes, you do. I think there could have been some waves though, some rough waves. <laughs> <laughs> the wind blew at some point. We're certain. And possibly a Kraken encounter as well. Somebody actually recently asked me about, the, or they told me, you know, a show you would like on TV is called The Terror. I've actually seen some of that. Read the book. The book was fantastic. About So the HMS Terror, Terror. CJ, are you familiar with it? No. So, Real, real ship, HMS Terror, sent to explore the Arctic and disappeared. What mm. happened to the crew? Probably dismembered by Yetis. UFO. <laughs> Maybe UFOs too. <laughs> but also <laughs> dismembered by Yetis. And I think on that note, before we lose all credit of our sanity, we should call it. Let's do it. <laughs> Stay Thank tuned. To coming up. In. That's right. Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned. Coming up December, we got our unexplained Christmas special with special guest Sean Austin, who will be giving us some sneak peeks into his new Christmas, Christmas album releasing December 17th called Christmas at Home. That'll be our unexplained Christmas show, everybody. Yay! We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do leave us some comments or chime in, answer any questions that we couldn't, share any unexplained stories that you have, and maybe we'll put them on our next unexplained update. That's right. Good night, CJ. Good night. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Sue Ellen.
he'll ask me once again. I don't think Larry's playing for you, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, probably means he's not playing for anybody else either. I'm gonna try Larry again. There he is. There we go. <laughs> I feel like we owe it to Larry at this point. <laughs> he gives so much. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to support our show, please do visit buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man that wears far too many hats, no, seriously, he has a lot of hats, Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.